When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Hey everybody, welcome, and thank you for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. My name is Zach. I'm here with Laura. Um, today, I am telling Laura everything about our trip to Ireland. Rebecca and I had a fantastic time. If you are not interested in hearing about my trip to Ireland, then I suggest that you go ahead and turn off this episode. But if you stick around, you'll hear me talk about the people that we met, the things that we saw, some of the things that we learned, some of the experiences we had as a couple, some of what we learned about travel and how travel changes perspective on the world and on relationships. I'm going to brag about our tour company, which is called Explorer X. Uh, my buddy Michael runs that company. If you are interested in travel uh, or planning something for your relationship based on adventure and kind of going through uh, a journey of discovery, uh, then I can't recommend those guys enough. They put together a wonderful trip for us. and I'm so grateful. I also wanted to give one final plug for the workshop that's coming up for Laura and I. I think this literally is the very last minute that you can register. The workshop is this weekend. So if you're listening to this around the middle of October, uh, go ahead and snag that spot if you're still on the fence. If not, we have plenty of opportunities coming up in the new year. Laura also has a weekly series planned for later on in this year. But for now, I'm excited to tell you and Laura about my trip. I hope there's something in there that you can take away, um, something that inspires you to um, get out and see the world in a new way and see your relationship in a new way. Um, it certainly was what happened for us. And uh, I think you'll enjoy it. This is a very cool conversation. Stick around. Good morning. Hi. <laughs> um, uh, what's what's wrong with you? I am just joyful. I have joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart. It's because you missed me so much and now you get to talk to me again. That's probably true. I think, yeah. I think that might be it. There's some of that. And also, remember how I told you I had an eye twitch? Uh, I, yeah, sure. Sure. Okay. Um, I've had an eye twitch for probably four or five months. It's been a okay. long eye twitch and it's really annoying and it's creepy as hell looking at me when it's twitching. So uh -huh. it's my right eye, the upper eyelid, and it goes side to side. And so it looks like it goes like that. It's so weird. Yeah. Like alien or something. Mm -hmm. And so I have... A really smart, brilliant woman uh, that's part of the Lady Pod, my triathlon training women, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. she's an ophthalmologist and she, or an eye surgeon, I don't know the difference. 
that she, anyway, she was like, yeah, it's stress or alcohol or caffeine. And I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I engage in all of those. And like, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> yep. You nailed it. So I had been working on, this is day three of no caffeine. So I'm drinking oh, right decaffeinated coffee, which is really cool. And I think that that's part of my joy, but actually I'm going to be really honest. I think that my eye twitch stopped. It's funny. And I think that there's a message in here. There's a, what do you call it? A teaching moment? Sure. Sure. Yeah. That I noticed the eye twitch because it was so annoying and it was there. And, but when it went away, I didn't notice when it went away. It was like mm. that annoying thing that was bothering me when it stopped. I actually cannot pinpoint when it stopped. I just know it's not around. Uh -huh. Um, and the teaching moment, I think, is is like, you know, we tend to notice the things that bother us about our partner, but we don't really notice the positives that they're doing around us. You see that teaching yeah. moment? Yeah, good yeah. job. Thank it's you. It's like that old ancient proverb about uh, nobody's grateful for not having a toothache. Yes. It's like should... when you have a toothache or an eye twitch, the only thing you want is to not have an eye twitch. Right. And then when and you then when don't it, have it. Don't have it. Mm. We spend very little time going, hmm, this is really nice. Yeah. So, Do you know, okay, here's another side note, by the way, uh, well, I'll segue back, um, why I think, why I think that I twitch went away because it, okay. I don't think it was alcohol and I don't think it was caffeine, even though I've been limiting both of those. Um, okay. but I had a girlfriend that was telling me about, um, a Thanksgiving tradition in one year, she showed up to Thanksgiving at her parents' house and she said, every person got an ailment of some sort. Uh. And so what they did was they blindfolded one person, they put earplugs in another person, they put, uh, I think. Oh, not um, everybody got sick. They artificially made artificially, everyone right. handicapped in exactly. some way. Yeah. Um, they like put somebody in a sling. So everyone kind of had something and for the entire meal and the day that they spent together, they all were, had this like new thing. And I, I was like, that's really interesting. It was a way for them to be grateful for mm. something that they ordinarily wouldn't be grateful for. Right. Like I'm mm. not grateful this morning that I had walking legs. Uh -huh. It just didn't yeah. uh, uh, like, yeah. didn't come up. So yeah. anyway, I just thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Nice work. Thanks. Um, so you are just returning. Yeah. And you were jet lagged I mean, last night because you didn't want to talk to me. I still am kind of crazy. Yeah. It's wild. Like it's, it, it was wild going that way. It's been a little more like noticeable coming this way. The good news is I'm waking up early. I'm early. I'm like, I'm up at five o'clock and I'm yeah. doing things. And I'm not, but then like by eight, I'm just, my brain is totally mush. PM? So, yeah. You're you on my schedule now. I'm a 5 a.m. Yeah. -er, and then I go I'm to bed at like off. eight o'clock. I'm working it off though. Cause I want to get back on my, like just regular life. Yeah, it does. It does. When I came back from Italy, I, the same thing, I was like, I'm going to wake up at 5am every day. It's going to be great. And yeah. I was, I was getting so much done. And now like this morning I was like, Oh, Holden, you're so snuggly. It's 7am. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to get yeah. out of bed. Anyway. Yeah. So you wanted to ask me about my trip. You wanted to hear all about it. Is oh, that what, is that what I wanted to know about? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, but before we do that, we have to welcome our special guest. We have Who? not, what do you mean? Oh, your, your mustache. Have we already talked about your mustache? Um, no. We talked about it on the one we didn't record <laughs> because your mic wasn't on. So edits, I'm a, I was pretending like I didn't know what you were talking Thank you. about. You guys, I would like to welcome Zach's mustache. Uh, first time uh, attendee to the podcast. Welcome. And I, um, an international mustache at that, which is kind of totally. hot. I've been doing this thing that, uh, that I was wondering how long it would take Rebecca to notice. It was t today. She noticed today mm -hmm. where I've been shaving my chin and, and 
neck, but not my mustache. Yeah. So this has been growing longer while this has been getting shorter. And so she's like, what is going on? What's going on? What's with happening the... with your face? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your lip grew. So. Um, and the fun part for those who cannot see it, I don't know. Do we post these? Will we post a picture might on be social on the internet. media? I think so. Um, is that there's a contrast in color, which is even more fun because Zach is a distinguished 50 year old man. 51. No, I'm 50. 50. Thank you very much. Yeah. Sorry. 50 year old man. So he has a uh, brown dark, mustache. A, yeah. Yep. A brown mustache. And then um, Salt very and uh, silver Salt. foxy. I'm trying to be so complimentary right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Facial hair. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk all about your adventures. Thanks. You're so welcome. Thanks for Thanks for wanting to listen about it. And no, it's cool. I do want to talk about it. I want to talk about it because I want to, uh, I want to never talk about it again. And some mm. people are like, how was your trip to Ireland? I'd be like, listen to episode 290 <laughs> or whatever this is. It's like 320 <laughs> or something. We, yeah. we really tipped the scales. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, but yeah, of course we had a great time. It was really fun to be in a totally different place for two weeks. I'd never done that before. I'd never kind of just clocked out of my life and just sort of basically lived somewhere else for you totally clocked out too like there was no like emailing text messaging you were you were unplugged i was and part of it was hard because of the time change right Mm -hmm. like i would like just people weren't awake when i was awake it was it's a nine hour difference and so whether that was communicating with my kids or fantasy football or trying to manage some work stuff or whatever i was just off by you know the a half a day which was actually quite nice (laughs) but um but yeah, we went, we went to Ireland and we had, uh, we had a, we had a, a team kind of plan it for us. So yeah. we found out kind of when we got there that we were really on like a premium sort of trip. I mean, it was, it was, a upper, it was like a, it was a fancy trip and, and we, <laughs> we, we stayed in like the fanciest places. We ate the fanciest meals, wow. which I don't think we quite realized when we, when we were booking it, we, we got interviewed. So there's this, uh, outfit here in town in Seattle, they're called Explorer X and they interviewed us. Wait, hold on. Said, Explore you- X? Explorer X. Explorer X. Okay. Yeah. It's like Explorer dash X. And they interviewed us and asked us like, what are you interested in? And what do you want to do? And what are you wanting to see? And what are you hoping to get? And what is your, what is your desired outcome? And so, and we did this like two years ago cause we were supposed to go back last year. Yeah. So we had done all this stuff and then we just kind of landed in Dublin and had this itinerary that we just kind of followed. And it was... Okay. Can I ask a question about this though? Yeah. Because you said we got there and we didn't like quite realize how fancy it was going to be, how nice, how organized. Yeah. Did you uh, establish a, a budget? Because this is something that my brain does almost immediately, which is... I can't have that much fun. I can't indulge that much because that sounds like it's too expensive. Yeah. Well, we paid them everything in advance. Oh, you did? Yeah. So when we got there, we had, we were done spending money except for our meals. That's my favorite type of travel. So we didn't, we didn't, we didn't pay for hotel rooms or, I mean, we'd already paid for all that stuff. So we had meals and occasionally I got a massage, you know, one time and, um, I had set us, I did set aside some money to cover in country expenses. Mm-hmm. Like I did have that, but tipping and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. And we stayed under that. So, you know, but, um, but yeah, Ireland is, I mean, I don't, have you ever been there? No. I, the rule of thumb is I cannot go there unless Ryan gets to golf, like all of the golf courses in, the oh, Ireland yeah. in Scotland. So we can't go unless I'm, so committed. we don't go there. Yeah. yeah. We don't go there. Yeah. Well, we didn't do any golf and we didn't do any alcohol, which was interesting. Oh, like I, gosh, I was like, good for you. I was like, 
oh, I'm going to be super bummed to be in a place of like the home of Guinness and the mm-hmm. home of the mm-hmm. distilleries and Irish whiskeys and everything. Yeah. You know, you check into a hotel and they'd be like, do you want a shot? You know, of like little, <laughs> and, it, and it was not like, do you want some Jim Beam? It was like, do you want this nice little aperitif cocktail that we have right. for people who are checking in in the evening? And it yeah. was perfectly normal all the time. But we found Guinness Zero, which was kind of cool. Oh, there's such a thing. Yeah. So we got to go to pubs and they would pour Guinness Zero and you just sit there just kind of doing the pub scene without without the whole bit. But oh, I was thinking it was no calorie, but it's no alcohol. No alcohol. Oh, yeah. if it was no calorie and no alcohol, that would yeah, be don't awesome. Don't use no calorie. Yeah. I'm going to put it in the universe. Um, <laughs> yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, dude. I feel like I feel like I kind of want to work it out in my head. So we got to Dublin and uh, it, obviously it's the biggest city in Ireland. And uh, we didn't go into Northern Ireland. We just stayed in the south part of the island, which is the Republic of Ireland. And then um, just, it, it's, you can sort of, as soon as you hit the ground, you're like immersed in history. It's, mm. it's like, it's kind of a, it's kind of crazy how Ireland is kind of so the same as it was maybe 200 years ago. I mean, obviously it's developed technologically and and like there's been urban centers and whatnot, but it's, it is still very much in, in experiencing its own historical context. Like, um, I think it's the only country in the developed world that is got fewer people in it than it did 200 years ago because of the famine and because of like emigration and all this other stuff. Yeah. So we immediately, we landed and we went on a couple tours and just got the whole download of like Irish history. And it was like drinking from a water hose a little bit, but went to this little museum. How did you, okay. So museum, I was wondering, we went on a walking tour of Dublin. Awesome. Um, which was like the first day. And then mm. we, and Dublin's small enough that you can kind of walk around and get, get it. And then, and then we went to this little museum. It's called the little museum. We had this delightful uh, tour docent, I guess, named Isabel. And she, um, she just kind of walked us through about, I don't know, 2000 years of history. Um, and it was really fascinating. Cause it's like, it's, you know, they have uh, this sort of ancient history and then they have this very specific kind of, um, agricultural history and then this political history that has to do with all of England and kind of becoming independent, which is not, it's pretty recent, hmm. you know, they've yeah. only been a Republic since like maybe a hundred years or two, 150 years. I don't remember exactly, but, um, she was fantastic. She reminded me a lot of Abby and I really enjoyed kind of just taking that in and, mm-hmm. um, PS, what did you the, do with Mary while you were gone? She stayed with, uh, Rebecca's sister. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. In town. In town, she's here. Yeah, okay. so she's just a couple couple minutes away. Amazing. But then we did my favorite thing. Like the second day, we did my favorite thing, Wait, which was is we, this a guess guessing game? You can guess, sure. Your favorite, like favorite thing of all time? No, in in Ireland. Oh, <clears throat> I don't know if it's my favorite thing. Hmm. You'll never guess, though. Really? We went to it wasn't soccer won't. related. It was sports related. Oh. Soccer is like the fourth most popular sport in Ireland. So okay. the, they have this thing called the Gaelic games, which is they play uh, Gaelic football, which is like soccer slash basketball. But then this thing called hurling, which is like, um, you throw stuff. it's kind of like lacrosse slash soccer slash basketball slash so weird hockey. Quidditch. I mean, yeah, it's, Rebecca said that she was yeah. like, this is kind of like Quidditch. Yeah. We went out to one of these clubs and this guy was there, Killian, and he kind of walked us through the history of the Gaelic games and, uh, and taught us how to do hurling, which was hard, but mm-hmm. it's like the, it's like the sport of Ireland. It's like the Irish sport of Ireland that they celebrate and enjoy. And you know, it's all amateurs and it's just like kind of community based and neighborhood based. I fell in love. I wanted to be like, 
in in the cool gig club. I just wanted to be in a, I wanted to be a part of a culture mm. and it was a very clearly part of like the culture. Okay. And Rebecca yeah. and I took this little lesson and it was, it was really cool. Like. That is something <clears throat> I have to say that I do, I, I am jealous of is this idea of culture because for whatever reason, mm-hmm. as an American, uh, we're such a melting pot and it feels like culture and real, like re- traditions 100%. has been diluted. It's been, and so when we travel, I, I do miss and feel really kind of jealous that, and not only that, but I feel jealous of like the familial bonds that people mm-hmm. have and have created yeah. or like the, the neighborhoods that people walk around and they know each other's names. And mm-hmm. yeah, so that's really, I, that's interesting. That touched something for me too. Hmm. We were, um, we were talking like people would say, what's your favorite part? And or where would you want to move if you moved to Ireland? And mm-hmm. I really thought it would really depend on kind of what stage of life I was in. Yeah. Because if I was a young couple with, you know, kids or kids on the way, I would definitely want to move into one of these sort of urban or like, rural, like not urban, but like suburban mm-hmm. <clears throat> outskirts of a town like Dublin. Just because again, there was so much energy and life and, you know, we were practicing on this field and then these kids came in and started like, Joining their like after school practice, awesome. like they were just there, and we were, and so it felt like we were really immersed. But yeah, you're right. America, like you know, the the Pacific Northwest has a culture, and Texas has a culture, and, yeah. and New England has a culture, and California has a culture, but America doesn't quite. Mm-hmm. But Ireland is very clearly established in a lot of like pride and sort of community. And I guess we were we were on this one other tour and. We're driving through these little towns and I would say, hey, like, does everybody in this town know everybody? And he would be like, yeah. absolutely, 100%. Yeah. Like, if you guys walked into a restaurant, everyone would immediately know that you did not live here. Yeah. And I mean, in part because you're American, but in part because th- there is such a tight-knit community, particularly on the kind of the western side of the island. So, that that next day, we drove west. We went out to Westport, which is where Rebecca's family is from. Uh-huh. So we met like a bunch of her cousins and saw a bunch of those sorts of things. And so she, yeah, she like went to their house. Had she known, I've always been so uncomfortable because I see this on, you know, documentaries where they're like, we're just going to go knock on this person's door because it yeah. says that we're, you know, nine, nine people removed and we're no, no, relatives. No. We knew in advance that they were there and they were planned to meet us and okay. we, you know, went out of our way and we had, um, we were familiar with who they were and, but you know, I, as a traveler, I've always just kind of gone to the place and done the touristy things. Right. And I think my, my, my experience this time was like, I really wanted to go to the place and do the things that are like about living here. Right. So yeah, being with the families and, you know, uh, going to this hurling class, we had a tour actually scheduled to go to a, like a sheep farm or go to an oyster farm, maybe both. And we Hold skipped on, it. Say and that actually, word again. What was, what was oyster, the second farm? Oyster farm. Wait, oyster. Oyster. Farm? Oyster. Oyster. Okay. <laughs> I just have to find fault where I see it. <laughs> You're trying to be so complimentary and insult me at the same time. It is a fine balance that I um, do that. We skipped them and we drove to this town, Galway, which is, you've heard of Galway. Um, and we actually went to- Galway? Er, Galway? Galway. Galway. I, like Ed Sheeran has a song, Galway Girl. No. But the, 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 the Galway Girl. They don't really like Ed Sheeran very much because he's English. Shh. Oh, they don't. No. Yeah, he has <laughs> yeah. red hair. Yeah, <laughs> so confusing. his parents are Irish. But he's English. Okay. So, um, but we went to a hurling match. We actually went to. We like cool. walked up, like walked up to the stadium in the middle of this town that 
only locals were at. And we sat down and right in the middle and we started cheering for teams. It was so fun. <laughs> Sports ball. <laughs> it, was, it was fun. We didn't know what we were looking at, but it was, yeah. it was amazing. That's me watching soccer 100% of the time. Zach and I want to invite you and your partner to join us for the Fall Weekend Intensive coming up on October 20th and 21st. This is the last intensive of this year, but have no fear. We have three more dates to look forward to in 2024. If you have enjoyed picking up a tip or two from the podcast, this weekend is chock full of communication skills, blueprints for managing conflict, getting on the same page together, rebuilding your intimacy and connection, and aligning on a more purposeful and meaningful future together. So if you have never done a couples workshop or even couples therapy, this is a gentle, encouraging, and fun way to just put your toe into the water. And if you are a workshop junkie and you already know just how transformational focusing on your relationship for two days can be, you need no convincing other than a gentle reminder that registration is limited and the place to register is at marriagetherapyradio.com. So here is the dates of our future workshops. We have the one coming up in this fall. It's October 20th and 21st. Registration is $450 and it includes your virtual materials for both of you to attend. The 2024 dates are February 9th and 10th, May 17th and 18th, and October 11th and 12th. That's in 2024. I look forward to meeting every single one of you at our next weekend intensive. Register at marriagetherapyradio.com. Can I ask relationally, like, what was it like? Because you guys don't spend that much time together. It's true. Yeah. This is Marriage Therapy Radio. And I think we need to talk a little bit about relationship. I think that's fair. That's a fair question. Okay. We, it took us a minute. Like we had to kind of settle in and get, get our kind of our wits about us, get over the diet. But we, um, we settled into a really cool rhythm. I think we understood that we wanted to kind of take it easy and explore and adventure, um, we tried as much as possible to let go of things that were here that were stressful. And there's plenty of that. Mm-hmm. Um, we had some conversations planned that we wanted to have, like about pans, if you remember. <laughs> <laughs> we will be addressing the pans yeah. that are going so, into the dishwasher. Did you find um, resolution on that, by the way? We found repair. Okay. Because repairs are more important than resolve. Well, repairs you know, I was just, I'm glad that you guys repaired, but I'm also curious if there's sort of like a working resolution moving forward. I don't think so. I mean, I think, I think she's probably still going to wash the pants, but I also mm-hmm. have learned that I don't really, it's not, that's not the stick that I, it's not the flag I was putting in the ground at that point. Okay. No, but we did good. We had some really good, uh, like, um, moments of connection and we had dinner together every single night we, when we were driving, which was a fair bit, we were listening to this murder mystery from Ireland, like mm-hmm. a little Irish murder mystery, which awesome. was great. But, um, did you guys set that up or is that like an Explorer X thing? Where they're like, hey, no, why I, are you doing this? No, I did that. Okay. I said, I just went online and found a audible book that was narrated by somebody in Irish. And it was perfect. It wasn't a good book. It wasn't a <laughs> comp- particularly compelling mystery, yeah, but, but it, it, kept us, it kept us kind of yeah. Uh, interested. Yeah. Between that um, and like Celtic women. Yeah. Yeah. I would say we, I mean, it's hard. I, I, I don't know, honestly, Laura, like what the kind of the impact of the trip is. I, I think we definitely feel closer. I think we definitely feel more conversationally adept. We spent a lot of time in hotel rooms, you know, um, not a lot of time. We weren't, we didn't spend a lot of time in hotel rooms, but we spent every night in a hotel room and hotel sex is a thing, which was interesting to kind of, uh, sort of sort out because you can't do it 14 times in a row or whatever, you know, I mean, you can, I guess, but that wasn't our jam and we were tired and, but we, we actually had real new, new and layered conversations about even that. 
Mm. Um, because we came in with some different expectations and different ideas. And, um, so I think just, there's something that Michael who runs Explorer X said to us, which was when you're in your regular life and you're trying to solve problems, you're kind of limited in terms of the way your brain operates. But when you're traveling and you're trying to solve a problem, things begin to expand for you. Mm -hmm. And I think we had exactly that experience where we were so enamored of being outside of our context and willing to consider what, what other possibilities were there, which was really, really valuable. And I think again, yeah, we definitely feel closer and more connected. Um, I think we found new layers of understanding for one another, which is really neat. I just don't think you can do that in your regular Mm -hmm. kind of context. Um, I totally agree with Michael. Michael, is that what you said his name is? Yeah. I totally agree with Michael in that. And I even do this. um, I have this experience when I leave the home and I go for just sort of like two hour adventures walking outside of the context of my home and the walls and and like the structure that I've created that is a little bit of a prison. Like it's my safety, my security net, it's my home, but it can also be a little bit of a prison to the mind. So when I get out into nature and I just find that if I'm running, if I'm walking and I'm not listening to anything, my mind starts to expand to the space that I've allowed it to expand to. And I do feel like I can be more creative Um, and obviously anytime we've traveled, I've also like, we come back with these amazing plans, grand Uh plans, right? And usually it's not about the small details of life that we're trying to solve. It's usually planning forward 20, 30, 40 years. And so I a hundred percent agree with that. The other thing that I was thinking about is the benefit of travel. And I was talking to a couple about, um, they recently decided to separate. And while they were separated, I said, you have a month. And during this month, I want for you to become the most interesting human being possible. Yeah. And in order to be interesting, I think you have to fill yourself with new experiences and read new things and explore. And um, and I think travel is one of those ways that as a couple, if you find that you've kind of become a little dull or lackluster not that you have, because I, I rarely think that we think we are dull or lackluster. Mm-hmm. We get a little bored with our partner. Yeah. Um, and anytime I have that experience, I always pretend as if it is, it's mirrored. If I'm bored with my partner, 100% my, my partner's bored with me. Mm. That I'm dull, that I'm lackluster. Mm. And I think travel is one of the most amazing experiences to be able to just put a shine on you and open you up and make you more interesting. I think for sure. And, and, you know, for people who can't travel or they can't afford to travel or they don't like to travel, Mm -hmm. I I do have this conversation in my client, in my office all the time, which is, okay, great. You had this experience on your vacation that felt really good, but you can't replicate that every, you can't keep doing that over and over again. You can't go to Hawaii every, every month, you know, but so what can you do here that replicates that experience? Like Mm -hmm. how do you expand your horizon? How do you look at things a little bit differently? How do you appreciate, frankly, that, that the world is really, really big. And I think uh, I came uh-huh. home from Germany and Korea, both exper- both feeling like that. But I, you know, being actually immersed in a place for a really long time was was kind of wild. And Ireland is, it was pretty white. It's pretty English speaking. I mean, it's yeah. not like it was super different, but right. it was definitely a, a huge cultural shift yeah. just to be in a place that kind of didn't, didn't operate the same way that my brain operates. Yeah. Um, uh, and I think we need to do that more. I think we need to look for ways. I, I said to Rebecca, I, I said, I feel like if you're going to be a politician in America or maybe anywhere, yeah, it ought to be like, especially at the national level, it ought to be required to go somewhere for a year 
somewhere else oh, for like a year. Live elsewhere. Go live elsewhere mm. because we get so much tunnel vision, particularly in our current like political climate, just that we think that the number one thing is the thing that I want right here, right now. Yeah. Um, that it, it's just, it's the disservice I think to actually have, because again, in Ireland, like everything kind of is connected to everything. And, you know, when somebody, when there was a famine in a potato in South America or uh, in Africa, it decimated an entire population in Northern Europe, hmm. you know, and it, mm-hmm. and it happened then because not just because of like this one, um, I forget what it was, like a mold or a virus that came through the plant, but also because of the economics and the politics and the personalities and the religion that shaped all of that. Yeah. And it wiped, it wiped about 2 million people off this island, off of this country. And um, we had a tour guide that uh, kind of on this, you know, first week, his name was Warner and he was, we we spent two days with him. He was fantastic. And he, um, he said something that I think I'll never forget. And, and I, and I, I'm going to figure out how to work this into my counseling practice. But he said, um, you know, the English, when they were, when they were trying to like sub- subjugate Ireland, they weren't trying to eradicate the Irish people. They were trying to eradicate the Irish culture. Mm. And so they kept taking away their language and their religion and mm-hmm. their, and their idols and their, their, their kind of their freedom. And he said, cause if you take history away from people, you can do anything. And I was like, if you take history away from people, you can do anything. And I think that's something that really does matter when you're in any kind of relationship, which is what, where did, where did you come from? How did we get here? Mm -hmm. And when you take history of people, it's, it's gaslighting, right? That's actually what that is. It's to sort of say, Hey, the thing that you're experiencing is, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. Not true. Um, Yeah. But I think, yeah, like developing an appreciation for history, your partner's history, your partner's culture, your partner's world, or, you know, I was willing to talk about politics and sort of say, Oh, or, you know, global politics or national politics. It, it it makes things mean stuff, mm-hmm. right? Like it, and it limits your, it limits your rational ability to, to, to just do whatever you want, which I think was kind of the, it's kind of the primary complaint about the British is they sort of took away culture from all these cultures in order to extend their power. And mm. they're not, the English aren't very, very well liked in Ireland. I'll tell you that. <laughs> you know. Did you, when you were traveling, did you tell them you were American or did you tell them you were Canadian? That's my biggest no, piece No, we of told them we were American. We, we, a couple of times we would be like, people would be like, where are you from? We're like, we're from America. And they're like, well, we're Irish. We're not stupid. Right. Like where? It's and you're like, like, I'm from Seattle. And they're like, yeah, Great, exactly. Perfect. I know exactly about Seattle. Uh-huh. Well, Hawks. Yeah, totally. I mean, there's a ton of Americans roaming around Ireland right now. Mm-hmm. Tourism is a big thing. Um, so they're quite familiar with what it is, but we, again, because of the, the, the company we went through, we ended up with a lot of private, smaller kind of tours, like with, with one guy, like with just the three of us walking around or, um, which was really cool because, you know, we'd see all these tour buses and be like, no, thank you. I do not want to right. be on a yeah. tour bus, but, yeah. um, hmm. but yeah, th- but I was saying like, it, we, it depends on like, w- would we move there? And hey, <laughs> I, my new thing is if I was a widower or if I got, if Rebecca left me or something, mm-hmm. I know I would move to this one place called Inishbofin and it's this little island off like the, the coast on the West side. There's about 200 people that live there. Tell me it's like and 196 it, women. Yeah. No, it's not. It's just like, it's just this little, t- I mean, goat, I mean, sheep and fields and it's like right, you know, the ocean. And I was like, this is my jam right here. Yeah. It's like, I'm going to come here and write my novel uh-huh. by myself, uh-huh. you know? 
But listen to this. I've been Talking listening this whole time. I know, I know. I'm so sorry, folks who are listening to my trip to Ireland, but I, <laughs> now I can just send this recording to everybody. Um, we we went. We were on this island of Inishbofin, and they had this thing uh, that we saw that was called a uh, what was it called a singing session. Okay. It's exactly what you think it is. We went into this pub, and there was about thirty people sitting around in a circle, and somebody would sing like an Irish jig mm-hmm. and be done. Everybody would go, good job, good job. And then they'd be like, how about you, Mary? Do you want to sing? And Mary would be like, okay, yeah, I'll sing. And then so Mary would sing a song. And then like these three other sisters would sing their song. And then somebody would be like, what about you, Patrick? Would you want to sing? He's like, I need to go get my guitar. So he went out and got his guitar. Uh-huh. And I, we just sat there and like read poetry. I was dumbfounded. <laughs> People just do this. They just sat there on a Sunday afternoon and just sang to each other for like uh-huh. two hours. Uh-huh. It was amazing. Um, was it you was, that, no, somebody was telling me about, um, just the, uh, the act of reading aloud. So it used to be like a, a thing yeah. that people did to one another, right? Let's sit in the reading room and I'll read aloud yeah. and some Shakespeare for two hours and then we'll be done. Yeah. And, uh, and I was talking to a friend, I can't even remember, but I think, I think he's really into literature and he said, I'm, I'm going to start doing that. I mean, we get a taste of it when, yeah. when we have kids, small kids that can't read. So we read aloud to them for a while, but then, yeah. you know, you feel like the burden's off of you once they can start to read by themselves. Yeah. But that's a yeah. thing that people do. They read out loud to, or, and apparently they circle it up and they sing to each other. Well, it just goes back to, again, like it's a very, it's a very, uh, sort of cultural example of how I, what I really think is that words matter, like words mm-hmm. matter. And, and those people are preserving old, old songs and mm-hmm. old, old poetry. Yeah. And I was like, I want to sing. I was like, I want to sing. Cause like, you should. And I was like, but like, what am I going to sing? Like straight cat strut. That's my, that's my, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. that's your go-to that's karaoke, my karaoke song. song. Yeah. No, <laughs> like, you like, can walking on a straight cat. Yeah. No. Which by the way, so Zach picked, has a great voice. We have sang together in the car. I picked one, I picked a song and I sang it in this circle, oh. and the, but it but reminded me because the lady was like, where are you from? I was like, America. She's like, we know you're from America. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, and, uh, I am in Northern Seattle. She was like, all right, well, Zach from Seattle, everybody. And so I sang a little song and uh, I just wanted to participate and it was, did it you was make great. eye contact with, um, with Rebecca while you sang? Cause no, I'm imagining, no. can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. She was behind me and, uh-huh. um, probably so red for you. Yeah. And she, uh, I think she, she might've videoed it. I'm embar- I don't want to ask her, but, um, um, will you ask her? I will ask yeah. her. I have her phone number. <laughs> I'll have her send it to me and then I will secretly upload it to the podcast. Uh, we'll put it on song fetch. <clears throat> That's right. Like a song fetch. Uh, no, I, I don't know, dude. I, I feel like, uh, I don't really know what my takeaways are just yet. Cause after oh. we left that, that Western part of Ireland, we started coming back kind of East down the South and that gets more, uh, sort of, um, urban again. So we went to mm-hmm. Galway, which mm-hmm. is this town. Um, and you know, it's a, uh, it's kind of the, maybe it's like the party town. We went on a food tour, um, Dope. which with this gal, Michelle, Rebecca was not feeling it. So she had, she had had like some stomach sickness or something, some food poisoning or whatever. And so I got to eat all of Rebecca's food tour Excellent. food, which was, which is a great, yes. um, but once again, just kind of walking around and seeing how proud how proud this culture is of their, of their food and of their kind of, uh, music and of their, um, sort of history. It's, I don't know, dude, I, I'm, I definitely could catch the, I think I've said it before. I could catch the travel bug, but oh, I really, yeah. 
are really good. We stayed in castles. We stayed in a couple of like castles. I, and do you have pictures? Like, can you send me a slideshow? Yeah, I'll show? send you some pictures. All right, but, maybe um, we can have like, a, you can do a share screen <laughs> and you can give me a slideshow. I do feel a little bit bad for our um, listeners because you said, I don't know what my takeaways are. And I was like, well, I'm so glad we were able to work this out without any yeah, takeaways yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. on the podcast. Well, I think there are some, right? I mean, I just, I, I think I, I think when I say that, what I mean is I don't know yet what the, what the, what the lasting impact will be, right? Okay. Like. I feel closer. I feel expanded in my brain. Mm -hmm. I feel more rested. Mm -hmm. I feel, I feel appreciative of this whole other like kind of country or culture that is existing. Um, and again, they're doing just fine. We, we went, um, there's this part of Ireland, it's called the Burren and it's this, uh, it'd be hard to describe it, but archeologically it's this really fascinating and unique piece of land and our, and our guide took us around and he kind of showed us, his name was Tony. He, he showed us everything um, and kind of explained, you know, fossils there. And this is why the rain does that. And this is what this flower is about. And um, we can't cut this tree down because it's a fairy tree. Like they're uh-huh. serious about their mythology and their folklore. Like, oh. um, yeah, like if there's this, he told us the story of this one tree that was in the way of a roadway that they had planned. Uh-huh. And it was, it was culturally understood to be like a fairy fort or fairy tree. Yeah. And so the foreman was like, you need to cut this tree down. And the guy was like, I'm not cutting this down, you know? And then yeah. the, the other guy was like, I'm not cutting it down. Cause you know, you cut these trees down and your whole family's cursed for generations. So and they re they re-engineered this highway around this oh, tree because no, they would not, not cut it down. <laughs> anyway, um, Tony, he read us this poem that, um, that I, again, I was like, I was just kind of crying, not just because of the, of the written word, but because he was standing in the middle of this field, just reciting poetry. And um, I think I want to read it to you. Um, oh. I, might even, I might even cry right now, but it's... Um, Would love that. It's, it's, a, it's by an Irish poet named Derek Mahon. Mahan. Mahan? Mahan? It's called Everything is Going to Be All Right. So Tony is standing in the middle of the burn and he's just like looking up and we don't even know what he's quite doing. He just starts saying, he goes, he goes, how should I not be glad to contemplate the clouds clearing beyond the dormer window and the high tide reflecting on the ceiling? There will be dying. There will be dying, but there's no need to go into that. The poems flow from the hand unbidden and the hidden source is the watchful heart. The sun rises in spite of everything. And the far cities are beautiful and bright. I lie here in a riot of sunlight, watching the day break and the clouds flying. Everything is going to be all right. I was like, yeah, everything's <laughs> going to be all right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like if I, if I have a takeaway, it's sort of like, everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Like we just have to slow down and appreciate that the world is big and that conversation and words matter and that, you know, we can, we can revisit, uh, we can expand our minds in order to like feel more connected to other people. Um, and so I don't know, dude, I, I, I'm glad to be able to talk about it. I I really, I really, I, I don't, I don't know how to make it make sense yet. Other than to say, if you're interested in traveling, Mm -hmm. thumbs up from Zach. I know Laura's a big travel person. Um, if you want somebody to make your life really easy and travel, uh, you could, contact my buddy Michael at Explorer X. And if you want to go to Ireland, I'm happy to give you some tips and tricks. But mm-hmm. um, at the end of the day, I think I just wanted to download it a little bit because mm-hmm. I, uh, I really am grateful. I'm really grateful. I'm really grateful. 
for the opportunity, you know, like, and, um, maybe that's the, maybe that's the takeaway. Okay. And being grateful for not having an eye twitch and grateful for being able to, uh, just sort of see a different part of the world for a minute and do it alongside my partner, which was, um, which was a real benefit and value Mm -hmm. to us. And we're actually way more fun to travel with Rebecca than it is to travel with Laura, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. It's a real change there. And I got this hat. Oh, oh, now it's making sense. You guys, he sent me a photograph of, um, and he got some new glasses probably before his trip, but what do you call those hats? It's like a driving hat. Oh, you can't hear me. What do you call those hats? I don't know. Little Irish. I don't have no idea. It's like a little cap. It's like, instead of wearing like a baseball hat, this is what the Irishmen would wear with their like... With their wellies. Yeah. But no young Irishmen wear this. Only like the old guys. Yeah, the like, ones so. with the gray distinguished yeah. beards. <laughs> and the yeah. mustache. So he sent me a selfie and I was like, should I know what this is supposed to represent? I was trying to look for clues because Zach is really <laughs> uh, sometimes secretive like that. And uh, so he'll send me a photograph and I'm like, am I supposed to know where you're at? Are you sending me a mixed message? He goes, no, I got a new hat. And I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> look at that amazing hat. Um, okay. Here's my last update of being grateful. Here's the reason why I think my eye twitch went away. Holden went in for his first immunotherapy treatment and it took really well. And it's like, I don't know. I think maybe just inside my body was probably stressed. It wasn't on my mind all the time. It was easy to ignore the fact that like they had said, you're going to need to do, or it was our choice, but, uh, to, to start treatment, doing immunotherapy, it's an IV treatment. It's, you know, like a lot of people think of it as chemotherapy. It's not chemotherapy. It's similar in what it intends to do, but it doesn't have the same side effects. And so I I think my eye just started twitching the moment we started talking about it. And then it stopped the moment that he went in for his treatment and everything was okay. Mm, So everything is going to be all right. Everything is going to be all right. So that was, uh, that was the end of my eye twitch story and hopefully the end of my eye twitch for a very long time. Yeah. And stress is real and learning how to mitigate that is, is important. And sometimes you have to wait for doctor's appointments. Sometimes you have to get outside the country, but, Mm -hmm. and I'm, I think the more we can appreciate that everything's going to be all right. Mm -hmm. Just got to focus on a little bit of gratitude and maybe patience and we'll figure it out eventually. All right. Right Signing off. Uh, Hey, let's land this plane. Okay. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of marriage therapy radio. I don't know about you, but I am actually, um, at this very moment, Googling ExploreX because I uh, would love to not plan uh, my next adventure, but it does sound amazing. So I did look it up um, and I think it would be a phenomenal way for you and your family or you and your partner, or maybe just you um, to get away and just have somebody else make all of those decisions for you. So it's Explorer dash X. So E X P L O R E R dash X.com. Uh, tell them marriage therapy radio sent you. We would love for you to have similar experiences, unlocking things, reducing stress, connecting with your partner. Um, most importantly, thanks so much for all of your time and attention, making your relationship better today than it was yesterday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.